Hey there! We are Salvo Institute of Tourism, a small college community of all the tourism students in Southville International School and Colleges. Sit with us and let's talk our way towards building our knowledge and developing our appreciation for the dynamic fields of travel, tourism, and hospitality. All right, so it's good to be back here with you. After the long break. (laughs) After the very, very long break. And I'm very happy. It's kind of a bittersweet moment for me because I'm happy that we're together right now. getting to use this platform once again for a very significant meaning but what we're going to unpack today concerns um, a worldwide issue a very globally relevant yeah a global a globally relevant topic or subject matter Um, so yeah but before we get into that i'd like to um, ask how 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 are you guys doing Oh. Well, first of all, it's been so long since we've done our episode two. That was we did that 2021. It's already 2022 March. It's already been months since we've yeah, done yeah. our last episode, and so far, so good, man. Um, I had COVID last January. I think most of us did last uh, that New Year's week. A lot yeah, of people yeah. had COVID. I mean, the drugstores were emptied, especially yung Niuzep. Biogesic. Biogesic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a challenge that uh, I encountered, our entire family encountered, and eventually overcame. Uh, fortunately, all of us are already good. We just had our booster shot, actually. Did you guys get your booster shots already? Yeah. Yes, I have. Uh, I have. Last December, by the time. I think I got it the same time Paolo did. Oh, okay. I got sick. I got sick right after. Yeah, I just. But that's all said and done, and you know, at least we're all protected right now. But at this moment, before we delve deeper into things, I think it's only appropriate that we introduce a friend of ours. His name is Enzo, a very very prominent. Fourth-year tourism student yeah. yes. here in our community as well, Salvador Institute of Tourism, and I've known you ever since I stepped foot into college, and you're really, really one of our friends, especially mine. So why don't you introduce yourself, Enzo? Make yourself known to the audience. Hi, I'm sure uh, a lot of you already know who I am. Uh, especially you know higher up years and the mid years but for the sake of consistency uh, like they said i am enzo i've been a student here since 2015 and it's uh, exciting to see that we have a podcast for our lovely college of tourism it's exciting because uh for the past year or so as well i've been podcasting so for like a few months right i'm like please can i be part of this and then they're like we'll see and then only today they're like well yeah we, we have an episode together I'm like oh sure i'll join why not i have time i know then yeah right? it's glad to be here uh but yeah i've been broadcasting for a year and i've been using some of the skills i've learned from tourism you know the leadership skills and team building skills and i've made an entire team for myself called uh geese and degenerates we are on youtube as well uh for the disclaimer though we are a bit more not safe for work than this Rowdy. uh there there are language we use, you know, 
uh, funny language. I wouldn't say bad <laughs> language, but you know, we're, we're funny, and you know, we don't want to withhold ourselves by not using that language. But if you're interested in us, we do talk about movies and shows and all pop culture stuff. Like I was about to point to my background. I'm like, wait, I don't have my background right now. I have yeah, this, but it's fine. The relatable kind of content. I yeah. think they're they're interested in app to, you know, uh, stay tuned yeah. in your episode. But so yeah, it's nice to you, see man. you boys. It's been a while. Uh, I think it's the last time we saw each other was yeah yeah practicing for tourism day, and then <laughs> I got my shot and I couldn't attend. So if you were wondering why you couldn't see me, I was just dying of fever from <laughs> my second shot. Uh, but it's What's nice your to know we uh, Moderna. First Moderna, shot was oh, yeah. fine. My left arm just swelled up like that's weird, and then from the what I, shot, I've heard, like Moderna's after effects are worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're worse. It's like, do I have COVID? No, I have, <laughs> I have this shot, but it feels horrible. But yeah, it's fun to be here with you guys. And the topic may not be so fun, but it's it's interesting to see our offer points. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear. And speaking of fun, uh, today's been fun. We we just wrapped up our um, gathering, our general assembly as a college community here in Salville International School and Colleges. And I'd like to ask you guys, how was the experience this morning and this afternoon? Uh, the two separate... Oh, no. Kelly, go first. All right. Foremost, I'd like to congratulate all of the Dean's Listers. Shout out to every single one of you and especially to the top 10. I think top one was Andy, you know, very high GPA. I think yeah. he even topped my GPA, three point seven three. Uh, that was that was very good, very good. And of course, to every single one of you who uh, um, received an award today, congratulations to everyone. Congratulations, um, everyone. Yeah, and then uh, Bowie wanted to say something. Oh yeah, um, it's actually quite sad. I think this is our last GA because yes. we're graduating for August ten. Uh, we're also yeah. graduating with alongside with Enzo actually for August 10. Uh, hopefully yeah. everything goes well by then and we'll be able to have a face-to-face graduation. Alongside with the testimonial dinner, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I I didn't realize it a while ago that this will be our very last general assembly. That, that's just sad. That's just sad. Yeah. I haven't realized that yet. But uh, then again, we have to move forward. All right, so that was our General Assembly earlier. And after that, we had a little segment where we tackled a lot of, well, not a lot, but one significant relevant topic that concerns the entirety of this globe. And it's the uprising conflict between Ukraine and Russia. And one of our, one of Southville's very own um, Sir Andre Estanislao spearheaded uh, a meaningful lecture series entitled Ukraine-Russia Crisis Towards a New World Order. So now we're going to talk about that. But before that, allow us to introduce another guest, another student from our community that goes by the name of Clark. We are happy to have him here. And he's someone very, very enthusiastic and apt to engage with any sort of activities that's available in school just to be active in general and 
his participation, his willingness to participate is something to admire, truly to admire. Yeah. So Clark, would you please share some some words and introduce yourself? Hi Clark. Oh. Hello there, hey, guys. So what's up? And my name my name is Clark. I'm the second year second year tourism student, also the committee head for the education and entertainment. Actually, I have the I always send a fresh news as I have always done in the group chat a lot, even a lot of times, once or more. So that's it. Yes, actually, right. our group chat touristars is full of news. Thanks to Clark. Uh, he's very updated with, rega- with regard to relevant news and timely news, especially this very recent and serious topic, as introduced by Joel a while ago, the Ukraine-Russia crisis. So it is indeed very serious, and a lot of people have already perished. It's very sad uh, to consider that, you know, um, there's been even news spreading that war crimes have been made uh, by Russia to Ukraine. And that's just, it's a very sensitive topic. Um, And tonight, that is our topic for the episode three of Sit With Us. And we'd like to begin by going through the lecture series of Honorable Sir Andre Estanislao, like what uh, Jolo introduced a while ago. So, yeah, now we discuss his um, lecture. Of course, however, before we start, um, just a disclaimer that all of the things that we will be saying today are merely our personal opinions. So please do not mistake it for any official information that you might hear out elsewhere. So, yeah, I'll just put it out there since, uh, mm-hmm. as, we, as Kiel mentioned earlier, um, this topic is very sensitive, especially during these trying times. So, yeah. Yes. And also, we did our fair share of studying because it's I know it's um, a common responsibility for all of us to talk about such topic in this big platform. But everything that we're going to say, again, like what Paolo said, will be based on our own understanding, especially from the lecture series that we attended to earlier. So, yeah. Well, I, I guess it's a good time to start. Yes, yes. All right. So all right. we all know the issue that's been transpiring and even um, happening in the European continent as we speak, particularly mm-hmm. in the countries of Russia and Ukraine. And we all know how grave the situation is. We all watch the news. But to those who don't watch the news and to those who aren't aware, Russia basically invaded Ukraine. And a lot of people, even civilians, have already died. So yeah, Vladimir Putin instigated the offense on the country of Ukraine due to several reasons. That being territory and particularly um, Ukraine joining the International Organization of NATO or the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Um, which consists of USA, of course, and its European allies. So with that, as timely and relevant as it is, um, our very own faculty member, Sir Andre, uh, hosted and spearheaded this um, lecture series a while ago. 
um, which talks about that issue. And I think Clark was also there. Clark, you watched, right? Well, certainly, yeah. And I do like the series of Sir Andre. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts about it, Clark? Um, for me, um, Russia just started the invasion of Ukraine since the year 2014 with the territorial dispute of Crimea. So as we all know, Crimea has been, has been part of the Ukraine ever since, but then Russia would wanted to take it as their own. So that's how it all started until a few years and a few years past go by and Ukraine is intending to join NATO or the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which consists of the US, Canada, and most of the European countries. That's why Russia wouldn't allow it since first and foremost, Russia ha wants to occupy Ukraine once again, or maybe just set up the puppet leader in the country. Second is Ukraine's weapons are very far not so modern than the Russian counterpart. So that's given the advantage of why Russia would want to invade. However, based on the videos, based on the videos I watched by Project Nightfall, the Ukrainian so the Russian soldiers captured in Ukraine said that they weren't ready yet and then they were forced to. And also in Russia, they have the they were also facing the pressure and there were lots of protests from the Russian citizens to stop the war. I see, I, I see. I think that's a very, very wonderful insight shared by uh, by yeah. Clark. It's very actually is very consistent with the discussion of Sir Andre earlier. And I think it's only right to look back on the original conflict of how everything began. Because the uprising conflicts between Ukraine and Russia stems from a myriad of reasons, like what, um, like what you guys are thinking about, uh, like how you guys perceive it. Um, mainly, Ukraine is is a country of strate strategic importance to Russia, and that's the foremost statement that Sir Andre was emphasizing earlier, which I do truly understand upon his discussion about it. And it's only because Ukraine is situated right in the middle of European Union and Russia. Basically, Ukraine shares its borders to both those territories, Russia and European Union. But um, Ukraine being a very young country, a very new country in terms of independence, they only gained independence in 1991 from the Soviet Union. Um, they really had a big influence on Russia or vice versa. Um, basically, the two countries, they had big influences on each other, especially when considering the ethno-linguistic aspect of it. Um, so yeah, that would be the very first reason why. And another one that I could cite right now is that there is a territorial conflict, like what Clark mentioned earlier. There's a territorial conflict between Russia and Ukraine with Russia invading one of the territories of Ukraine. And obviously to our knowledge, 
we do know that Russia is in in uh, full control of Crimea, as well as two of Ukraine's regions located um, within its within the outskirts of it. Eastern borders, um, yeah. Eastern borders, yeah. And yeah, it, I think those two mainly, uh, combining those two with Ukraine trying to, um, attempting to join NATO. And I think it's just a myriad of reasons and it, it's very complex and it's very intricate. But at the same time, if you try to look at the bigger picture, you know, it's something that really, really is detrimental if if it if if a war really ensues, and we are in really high hopes that you know something like that wouldn't ever push through because it's kasi ngayon palang like right now a big a big portion of the uh, of the globe is already suffering from what's happening currently. And I'd like you guys to touch on some of the things that's been happening lately. Or if not, you can guys, you guys can elaborate more on um, the existing issues between Ukraine and Russia. Uh, yeah, I just like to point out that you know war it affects us all, even if it's just between, even if the conflict is just between Russia and Ukraine, war affects us all. And considering our current situation, the prices, the price hike of gasoline for cars and vehicles has inflated so much. And it's been anticipated to rise even more in the next coming weeks and even months. So what more if the war itself uh, brewed into something far more worse than we've ever imagined. You know, we, we've all heard of Putin's uh, nuclear threats, you know, and it's very scary. I myself um, have been, have had sleepless nights ever since I first heard that. I think that was just a few days ago. And I, I could honestly say that my anxiety levels have spiked to a whole new level because we're talking about nuclear warfare here. This would change not only Ukraine nor Russia, but the entire globe. If Putin presses that button, our entire lives, as we know it, um, has this very huge possibility to change. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying change for the better. No, change for the worse. Because conflict will rise more and more across the different parts of the globe, particularly between the West and Russia. So yeah, I I like to ask, Pao, what are your thoughts on everything that's going on right now? Regarding actually what uh, the conference of Sir Andre that was live a while ago, uh, I think that his analogy wherein not only the West is trying to poke the bear, but <laughs> they're literally slapping it right in the face. Because uh, what Jola mentioned a while ago that. Uh, Ukraine is very uh, is very important in terms of its geopolitical location for Russia. However, for the West specifically for America, uh, it's not really a, a vital location for any of their any of any any perspective actually in both uh, military perspective and their 
economic perspective. However, I think that and I don't know. I I it's just me. I I just think I'll yeah, call yeah, it yeah, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. I think that uh, America was actually really provoking Russia, and the 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 action rather. Uh, they're prepared for Russia's like counter plan or whatever they did. However, they did not expect that Russia would come back as like getting into a real war. Because uh, maybe like uh, battling them, battling the West for Ukraine in terms of any diplomatic deeds or any uh, maybe martial law, maybe, I don't know. However, no way. <laughs> Russia directly invaded one-to-one Ukraine uh, in a matter of days, actually. And now with the current conflicts, um, I think the Bel- Bel- what's the country? Uh, Belarus. Belarus. Belarus yeah. already joined their yeah, yeah. Uh, their war. And actually, Belarus is already considering to, to revoke their non-nuclear state. So that means they're going nuclear powers also with the help of uh, Russia. So yeah i guess it's really bad in terms of uh in terms of russia's position right now because they're really pushed to the back of the corner in my opinion and the the choices that they have is very limited and very dangerous actually yeah i think you hit the nail right on the head on that one paulo because i'd like to quote sir andre on this one on what he said that the deep cost is the aim of the United States and its European allies is to peel away Ukraine from its Soviet orbit and incorporate it to the West. So that's how bad they want Ukraine. So Russia in turn was provoked by this act, provoked by US and by its allies. So I think what you said was really, really uh, well described and expressed. And it, it, it only shows that um, sometimes geopolitical matters and political matters can, can really, really be divisive, can, can be really, really a divisive cause for, for one nation to another. And it's really detrimental if, if we look at it at a bigger picture. So, Clark, do you want to say something? Um, well, yeah. So... Even the airline industry, it was also affected by the war since the UK had imposed the ban on any Russian plane or Russian airlines from flying to or overflying their airspace. So in the reciprocal approach, so Russia in turn would ban any British planes or British airlines from flying over their airspace. And so after just what the UK did, even the other European countries followed suit. However, because of the ban, the airline industry is being affected. And which first and foremost, some of the airlines would cut the flights and there. And also in the in deal with this, even China, which is the Russia's ally, would also make it an advantage just to do something as what the U.S. did on the Taiwan road too. Yeah, yeah. So just, you know, just by hearing all of those 
news, all of those facts, all of those opinions from all of us here, you could already deduce the fact that the conflict happening between these two countries are just very tragic and are very dangerous. I like to quote Paolo on that one. It is very dangerous. A single mistake could alter decades of our futures. It could alter the next generations of our lives. And it's just very scary to think of it right now. And I'm pretty sure that we're not just the only ones who are scared. Uh, I see a lot of countries worldwide, um, you know, having these rallies, having these protests and uh, in their own small actions, if you will, um, they're trying to put an end because peace, peace is the main goal right now. Peace is what everyone wants. It's what everyone should have. And one could only hope for the best. So now I'd like to talk to Enzo. Hi, Enzo. Hi. Um, wow, this is a heavy topic. Yeah, it is. Um, mainly, I find it ridiculous that war is still the option in the 21st century. Uh, I think within our lives, that should be an option that should be erased entirely, and we should just use our words and not you know, armaments, especially if they go nuclear. You know, because within our lifetimes, I'm sure all of us here are, were born in, you know, the late 90s. And within our lifetimes, we've seen a couple of wars, mainly between, let's say, American Iraq and uh, American Afghanistan. And we've seen how devastating warfare is in general. And uh, to see warfare happen in a continent that hasn't seen an invasion like this, I think, since like maybe World War II. It's just frighteningly uh, terrifying. And like, I, I hope the unimaginable doesn't happen. I hope calmer minds prevail. And I hope, you know, Russia seeing the consequences that the West is putting on them, they'll back down slowly and uh, Ukraine gets to rebuild. Uh, that's my hope. I just hope we all recover from this because the alternate is unimaginable, and I don't want to think dwell on it. And you know, as you guys said, peace should always be the option. And the fact that war is happening in a century where we've already learned from the past century, and we should know better by now. Uh, each century, we should get better, and as a species, we should adapt. And that's the only way we can move forward and to ensure that we don't, you know, plan our own uh, extinction. We shouldn't go the way of the dinosaurs. We should not provoke war or we should adhere to the warnings of global warming and protect ourselves and make it a better place for future generations. That's all I have to say. Yeah, yeah. I fully agree with you, Andrea. We should know better. We really should know better. Because we all know what happened during the Second World War. And looking at Hiroshima, just to point it out, looking at Hiroshima, we all know the devastating impacts of nuclear bombs nuclear weapons. So it's just heartbreaking to see and to witness how Putin, Vladimir Putin, is threatening the entire globe or just or just Ukraine on nuclear weapons. It's very heartbreaking because we all know its consequences. We all know what could happen once that button is pressed. Because once that button is pressed, there is no turning back. And quite frankly, after this invasion of his, there is no turning back. So there's 
I, this is, and, and this is just my opinion, okay? Um, I think that things will just go uphill from here. And by uphill, I mean things will get much worse and worse and worse. The initiative of Vladimir Putin to start something like this, to start an offensive like this, has not only provoked the world leaders, but provoked the entire earth. It provoked all of humanity, knowing that war is upon us. It provoked all of us, knowing that nuclear warfare is upon us. It threatened all of humanity to the fact that death is just right around the corner and that there are people out there who are very much willing to press the button. So it's it's a scary world that we're living in right now. And I know we're all thinking this, but we just went through COVID-19. And the mere fact that COVID-19 is just on the brink of extinction, the coronavirus is almost gone. We're all, we all we're already in level one, I think, right? Level one along. We're about to be okay. We're about to come back. Have the first And, normal summer of the yeah. Yes, Paul. We're about to live normally once again after two, three years yeah. of living in isolation, living in quarantines, and living in fear, mm. wearing these masks, mm. wearing these face shields, these vaccines. But then again, here's another challenge. Here's another thing to worry about. And You know, uh, as as students, I'd like to speak on behalf of of the rest of SIT and even the rest of the youth. This is very heavy for all of us. I mean, college is when we are supposed to have fun. I have a niece here. I have a niece, Apamangken. Um, she's grade school. And she never enjoyed her grade school life. Because of COVID, and now because of this uprising conflict, I hope that she could, you know, just enjoy her high school life. No man, she all, uh, her elementary life was already deprived from her. It was taken away from her by this coronavirus that we all know is an invisible enemy, but here we have a visible threat. To not just one country, but to all of humanity, and it's it's just heartbreaking. I, I I'm sure that what we all want right now is just peace. We all want to live normally. We all want to go out without the masks, without the fear, without the anxiety of knowing that something out there poses imminent threat to all of our lives. Um, Clark, you wanted to say something, but you were. Um, actually, uh, I don't know if you have heard, all heard of the famous quotation, which is the history repeats itself. So after the World War I comes with the greatest pandemic, known as the influenza virus, then, then another comes the Great Depression and then the World War II. So it's for, for me, it's like, a compa- it's like we are back to the past. It's like we are repeating history where... The pandemic happened, then follows war. Just and this time, for me, I am fearing that the war would not the war would happen anytime or somehow somewhere there. I'm glad you pointed out history, Clark. I'm a I'm a very 
enthusiastic fan. Hindi naman fan. I just love history. I I love to watch uh, World War II documentaries. So I know how World War II started. I know how it played out. Although I know that there are a lot more factors that I don't know. Because all of my knowledge are all just based from documentaries in Netflix and in YouTube. But then again, I know a few stuff. Um, especially on how the Second World War started. And it started very much like this. Uh, what's happening right now with Ukraine and Russia? And in fact, that was the question that I asked to Sir Andre a while ago in his talk. I asked, um, will the past imperialism that happened during World War II happen again in our time today? But then again, to sum up the answer of both Sir Andre and Sir Roger Bartholomew, they basically told me that past imperialism does not justify modern-day expansionism, if you understand that. Basically, the ideology of the world leaders of the past compared to the ideology, the way that our world leaders in our current time today it's very different because like what Enzo said, we should know better. And quite frankly, the world leaders of today actually do know better in retrospect. You know, they're afraid of war. We're all afraid of war and leaders, actually, the world leaders are afraid to make a move right now on this conflict in Ukraine and Russia because they are afraid of war. They're afraid of provoking Russia. They're afraid of provoking or, you know, providing uh, miscommunications through that conflict alone. Because a simple mistake, like what I said, could bear tremendous consequences, not just to Ukraine, but to the entire globe. So yeah, going back to their answer, the ideology of the past leaders are very much different compared to how leaders are today. Because we've learned, they've learned. They know the consequences of war. They know how, the, how wars could greatly impact and affect their own respective nations and countries. So, in a nutshell, what they basically mentioned was just, it won't happen today. China will not invade the Philippines, nor Japan, nor Korea. China will not invade. They do believe, however, that China will invade Taiwan due to the, the personal conflicts that they've had. Uh, that have been transpiring for years but you know um what japan did during the world war ii i personally believe and it was supported by the answer of uh, sir andre and sir roger a while ago it will not happen again because imperialism fascism has been eradicated from world leaders and i hope it's true but then again these are all just opinions um, and so you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I just wanted to add on, like, you pointed out, like, finally, after, what is it, two years, we're finally crawling back to normal. Like, it feels good, and then this happens. You're like, man, I was really looking forward to Catch the Batman or Doctor Strange. Now I have something to worry about that I thought we were going back <laughs> to normal. We can finally watch the movies yeah. and finally enjoy, you know, going to the beach, going to the club, hanging out with friends at least. Like, um, I've been talking to my friends, like, we should hang out sometime. And like, 
since we're finally getting to the stage, like, I think the COVID thing is the thing of the past. This probably is like, oh, wow, okay. And if there's anything to take away from this podcast, if you are a young viewer listening to this, and if you live, you know, many more years, when you live many more years, I just ask, you know, please just do better than the past generations. Like we, as I said before, we have to, like, not only has this conflict come up as COVID is going away, but global warming is still a threat. And like, this generation has to do better. Like, I believe it can do better. It just needs the right push. And like, all we need to do is learn from the mistakes of others. And, you know, again, I just hope everything just de-escalates and we just get to chill for the rest of the 2020s. Like, (laughs) if there can be no wars forever, that'd be great, but can at least wait for like 200 years and then go crazy, I guess. But like, you know, I would like to think our species is capable of not creating our own extinction. Hopefully, I am right. We'll see about that, Enzo. But there's nothing wrong about staying very, very hopeful about a bright future. But what we're going through right now is just really um, some of the things that we really have to be vigilant about and be always informed, um, always be informed about because it really concerns the worldwide population and there's something else i'd like to bring up on why i think politics has become a very divisive sphere of of a very divisive sphere that threatens that continues to threaten our lives and it's through the book um, shared to us by sir andre written by thomas sowell and it's in this book, the author presented a, a concept or a notion regarding the one stage thinking. Um, it's a concept that presents an idea that politicians and their principles, they're usually apt or enthusiastic to only think at the very at the very superficial stage of their decisions like at the very, very shallow stage of their decision-making process. And I feel like um, this kind of thinking really amplifies these kinds of things. And it's crazy to think that such mindset instilled within, instilled deep within the mindsets and the hearts of politicians and leaders that we know of today, that very simple thing can already cause or instigate worldwide destruction potentially and it's really really concerning that the sole thing that divides people um, that gets in the way or hampers worldwide unity is that kind of thinking the one stage thinking and I feel like we really have to come to terms with um, coming up with immediate resolutions to fix this, to continuously educate our, ourselves on these, kind of, these kinds of uh, concerns and matters so that we can build a better future. Like what Enzo keeps saying, and I'm just gonna say it again, we have to know better and continuously improve ourselves as the youth because we really have a lot of advantages. I think more than anything, we just have to 
make great use of our power to learn and to spread that learning and for a greater purpose so yeah it's it's a really complex topic but i'm glad that we're we're able to talk about it here on this platform so further on touching on what and just said a while ago that we can only be a better version of ourselves to prevent further wars in the near future i mean If there were a nuclear war to happen in this century, I mean, why? <laughs> I mean, who who would want to die in a nuclear war? Like, it just goes, like, it's, it's rubbing something in your face, like everything you did during your life or while you were alive. It means nothing. They, I mean, you'll die because of some, I don't know, petty argument of two countries that bunched up into a big old problem. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's my opinion. Eh? Like, uh, personally, I believe that the conflict between Russia and Ukraine could be possibly settled. Like, talk to each other first before invading each other. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, all of my life, I'm. I mean, I didn't endure twenty years of education to just <laughs> die in a nuclear war in the near future. I mean. I mean, every 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 one of us like we didn't endure everything through our lives just to end up dying because of just because two countries didn't agree with each other. With each other, it's petty, <laughs> I think. I mean, uh, yes, yeah, what Enzo also mentioned a while ago, war in the 21st century. Why does it still exist? So yeah, I mean, studying tourism, however. Uh, this could greatly also affect the field of tourism, the tourism industry, since um, the majority of the sanctions that the West implied over Russia is one: there's no airspace, or yeah, their airspace is closed for from Russian flights in or out. And uh, considering the amount of population that Russia has, and Russia being also a one of a, I mean, one big tourist destination, how would the tourist industry shift its differences between the East and the West? Um, yeah, I would like to hear your opinions on this, guys. What do you think? Um, KL, Jolok, and Joklar. Yeah. Just... Um, since we are SIT students, Southwell Institute of Tourism, it is only appropriate for us to know and to analyze the impacts that this conflict could bring long-term To the tourism industry, should it be should it escalate, you know, um, if if war escalates worldwide or to the different countries of the world, and hopefully it wouldn't it wouldn't involve us here in the Philippines. But despite that, if war escalates, how could it impact the industry, our beloved industry of tourism? Well, for one. Again, going back to COVID-19, the tourism industry just died because of COVID. And we're slowly bouncing back as, as we fight COVID-19 with these countermeasures, with these protocols, these new rules, the new normal, per se. Um, we're slowly bouncing back and we're on the brink of 
getting there already on becoming normal, on becoming and going back to how we were pre-pandemic. And then again, here it is. Another conflict to worry about. Another conflict to think about, especially knowing that as graduating students, Clark, I'm sorry, not your graduating, but for the four of us here, Paolo, Jolo, Enzo, and myself, we're all graduating students. And my entire batch, to be honest, is just very worried because ever since the pandemic, we're very much worried on our career paths, our career opportunities. We are very much anxious to know what the future holds for us because despite all our achievements here in school, despite all of the perfect scores that we get here in SIT, nothing, none of that would matter in the real world because it would all boil down to the career that we'll choose, to the job, to the work that we'll be uh, putting all of our time on for the rest of our lives. But then again, because of COVID-19, we were very confused. Is tourism still even worth it? Is tourism still worth it post-pandemic? And we kept asking the question as well on when will the pandemic even end? When will the new normal end? And then again, here is another, another issue, another dilemma, another problem that could greatly alter our career choices considering that most of us, in fact, all of us, are planning to work abroad. But then if you work abroad, the presence of war on international borders could greatly impact the way that we think, the way that we decide, the way that we think on what is best for our futures. Because all we want is to, to work for a living, to work earnestly for a living. That's what we all want. We want to succeed in life. But this war is just, like I said, War affects us all. Even if it's just between Russia and Ukraine, it's, it affects us all. Um, so it's just, it's, it's just very heavy. Just wanted to point that out. Uh, what about for you guys, uh, Jolo? Yeah, I feel like just like COVID-19, if ever this um, would further escalate, I think the same way it would also limit the prime activities and services of our beloved tourism and hospitality industry from, you know, the generation of income, employment, and especially foreign exchange, international trading. It's going to limit our means of um, executing or performing those kinds of of services being part of the very, very vast and dy dynamic industry of tourism and hospitality, which will only affect, um, which will only sanction the, which will, which will only sanction the economy since tourism and hospitality is really deemed and treated as the biggest, one of the biggest contributors to, to economic development. And I feel like with this, um, God forbid uh, that it doesn't escalate, but if it does, I think it will only further threaten everything that the tourism and hospitality has been building and establishing for years on end. 
you know what we once knew as the most dynamic as the most vast as the most active industry of all would then turn into something that's not too desirable especially it it will hurt especially for us as aspirants as industry aspirants you know we really dream of becoming part of the industry as practitioners practicing everything that we learned from school applying them to the real world and into that professional realm and it's it's really really saddening or disheartening to even think about it right now but you know it's i feel like it's something that we have to imagine as well you know keeping our expectations fairly low uh, expecting for whatever comes will come but still hoping for the best holding on to that beacon of light and hope that everything will be okay soon soon enough so i feel like that's my main sentiment on it yeah, yeah but if yeah. you guys have uh have uh have anything else to share enzo clark would you yeah. please if you want to um well i guess to best sum it all up for you guys what you guys said is that we all feel like you know it's just unfair that as pa pointed out like we worked for like what 20 years of our lives being in school ups and downs and will i make it to these you know awards and by the end to only come out of it being like oh my god there's a worldwide conflict happening it's just unfair like uh like when we were just enjoying our lives one day and then covid happened and like the reasons of why and how it spread is kind of unfair too so we're it's a shame that you know the younger generations are the ones to suffer the consequences of you know the uh, the previous generation and like um i just hope it doesn't escalate and i hope the rest of the 2020s are just you know calm and smooth sailing waters from here on out that's all i can hope for and like hopefully we uh by this time next year we're all just this thing is just will be a thing of the past that's the best i can hope for i feel like we all share the same exact sentiment when you say that we work so hard, 20 years of living, and then a bomb is just going to drop on us, and then poof, we're gone. So, you know, one can only hope for the best. I think hope and faith is our main weapons right now. Uh, the belief to the idea that all will get better in the near future. Um, so now let's hear from a more younger perspective. Clark, second year, what do you think on this? Um, for me, there is, a, there is no such thing as the safe place since everything is affected. So, so for me, even if you work in other places, like in other countries, just like the how OFWs work abroad just to sacrifice, and then they would be end up stranded because of the war. The, the most important thing is to, it's the prayer. Prayer is the secret weapon to stop everything from the war happening. Yes, prayer. You know, uh, to, our, to our dear audience, Clark is a very, very faithful man. Uh, he sends a lot of prayers, a lot of 
uh, I think you have a YouTube channel, right, Clark, dedicated to religion. Uh, yeah, I have four YouTube channels. One is for the religious, other is for the other is for the aviation, other is for my blog, and the other one is for the for the tokusatsu. All right. So yeah, but yeah, Clark is a very very faithful man, and every time we have events, he sends prayers. Every time randomly, he just sends out prayers in our group chats. So yeah, so both of you, pala, you and Enzo are YouTubers, huh? That's that's nice to know. That's nice to know. <laughs> Good yeah, for you. Yeah. For you. <laughs> At least uh, you're doing something during the pandemic, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, going back to the main issue. It is very sad indeed. Um... I just like to focus more on what Enzo and Paolo said a while ago. After 20 years of existing, poof, we're gone. We could not, we could never dictate or nor predict how the future will unfold for all of us. We could never, we could never predict. We could never even think that the worst should come. But rather, we should stay optimistic rather than pessimistic. I think optimism is a great key for happiness right now. And you could think realistically. Actually, that was the approach of Sir Andre a while ago in our talk. It was very realistic. He even included a lot of statistical data, population, and how the entire European continent relied on Russia for their supply of gas. He was very particular on statistics and these factual data gathered from history, gathered from you know the countries themselves that are involved, particularly Russia and Ukraine. And while thinking realistically is also a good thing, I think for us students, uh, enjoyment, enjoying life, I think we need to prioritize that. We've missed so much already. We've missed so much of our years, of our youth, encapsulated in, in, in our homes. I mean, even Enzo mentioned a while ago how socializing has all has already transformed into something different. I mean, the main mode of socializing right now during COVID is Discord, Messenger, Zoom. There's no face-to-face interaction. It's very little. And just to just to share with you, every time my friends and I plan some gala or some nights out, we get very, very much excited. We get so excited to the point that we overdo it. And there are consequences the other day, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just these these moments of our lives these years, our 20s, our teens, teenage years, they are such vital parts of our future. In molding ourselves, in shaping ourselves, the youth, into the the, the leaders of tomorrow. I mean, that's the vision of Sato, right? To be the next leaders of tomorrow. Movers of society. But it's just so hard to do that when we're so limited. We're so 
restricted. And yeah, we have adapted into this new normal. But then again, here comes another issue. So it's just, it's, I don't want to say it's depressing, but it's mentally draining to think that problems in our lives never seem to run out. And not just simple problems. I mean, bad hair days or anything. These are very serious problems. Right, Enzo? Yeah, and you touched on the point like all we can do now is, you know, it's cliche to say, but, you know, live our lives. Because like, as you pointed out, like you guys, when you guys plan things, you get so excited that you overdo it. And I, I get that too. That happened last December with me. Like, uh, we planned a Christmas party and we, I definitely overdid it. Uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, moments like that, you know, you have to hold closer, especially now. Um, like, if I let the things, these things, you know, really crush me down, like, I can because, you know, every time I do a video, my intros be like, welcome to Geeks Engineers. <laughs> But that's not, you know, we have to maintain that happy focus, go lucky. Like, we still have to live our lives. And, like, yes, there is a conflict, there's serious stuff going on. But, like, as for now, it is the best time to, you know, hold those that we hold there even closer and enjoy the very precious moments we have with each other. It's easy to say, but that's all we can do as of now. That is very true. COVID proved to all of us that life is very very fragile life is very fragile in an instant we could lose a loved one in an instant we could lose our own lives i mean personally i've lost a lot of uh friends and relatives during the pandemic and i guess covid just proves how important life is and then this ukraine russia conflict comes in and it just proves even more knowing all the people that have died in the said conflict um i'd like to ask you guys have you heard about the war crimes that russia has been doing to ukraine and if so what are your insights on it do you think that it really is true do you think that you know it really is a war crime what are your thoughts and um all i can go off is from the images i've seen i've seen uh you know, explosions go off in apartment complexes and a lot of other images I would never hope to see in my lifetime. But like, uh, yeah, I, with regards to war crimes, they, from what I've seen, they are happening. And that's very unfortunate that, you know, a civilian population is going through the unimaginable. And again, just again, something like this happening in this 21st century where we hope to never see that. We've seen the pictures of people real conflicts, and we don't want to relive it. And to see other, you know, people going through it, it's just hard to see. And you know, every time I wake up and see the newspaper, I'll scroll to social media. I'm just like uh, devastated on what I see with Ukraine. I just hope, you know, calmer minds prevail. Oh uh, yeah, and adding on to what Kiel said, um, actually, uh, there's a lot of news about the war crimes that Russia is committing towards Ukraine. Um, there's also actually a lot of supporting articles and evidences. Like, uh, for once, I think 
Russian Russia, Russian forces have uh, bombed their missiles some of the medical medical institutes of Ukraine, some hospitals, even paramedics actually in ambulances that are trying to help people in the battlefield. Um, Russians um, wearing wearing Ukrainian armor, military armor to further ambush Ukrainian soldiers. That's uh, that's really? part of the Geneva Convention. You can you can't do that as a war crime. Uh, I think there's a lot more to add from the list, such as actually there's also, I think I've I'm not sure if this is true, but I've seen an article of Russian soldiers dressing up as civilians and yeah, uh, ambushing Ukra- Ukrainians. But I, that I can't support, but the rest I could with articles. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of things to add to the list, especially bringing in heavy military equipment towards invasion. I think that's also part of the Geneva Convention. Uh, but yeah, I think Russia is have, doing war crimes in, in sort. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're really making a move. And of course, from that, I think it's been made known that Russia puts masses, mass troops near Ukraine borders. So as to make sure that, you know, they're, they're taking a hold of whatever territory they want to take a hold of. And it really just goes to show how, how the willingness and the sheer tenacious determination of Russia to, to just invade this territory, uh, Ukraine. And I think that the the long-standing aspect or of consideration here is really goes back again to the ethno-linguistic aspect of, of, of Ukraine because if we're going to look at it at a bigger picture, Russia is actually fighting for, for nationalism, patriotism. Yeah, it's yeah. their own and it's really something that they're willing to do even at the cost of you know claiming lives uh claiming innocent lives and it's i don't know it's 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 a pretty uh brutal shade is the measure the measure that they're trying to impose although their reason might be might be justifiable the measures that they're actually imposing isn't something that's ideal especially it, it it's affecting a lot of innocent lives along the territory and areas of ukraine so yeah um, it's 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 really really concerning to say the least yeah speaking of innocent lives jolono i just like to point out this news article this video that I watched from CNN that the Russians bombed this civilian town or civilian city Mm. and they even used cluster bombs and there was a rumor, I'm not sure if it's true, they used vacuum bombs which were purposed to leave out trails of fire. It's an incendiary bomb purposed to burn. Its main purpose is to burn. And 
the graphics, the images rather, are very graphic. It's very brutal. The videos themselves, it's very heartbreaking to watch, seeing all these explosions happening. And I'm just afraid that with these war crimes, if they really are war crimes, with these actions ongoing between Russia and Ukraine, once Russia finishes its goal in capturing, or I don't know, it's what, what, what is Russia's main goal? Is it colonizing? We don't know. But if Russia finishes its main goal, what then? What do you think, guys? What do you think would be the next step? What do you think would be the next stage? Where will we go from there? Where will the earth, where will the globe, where will world governments go from there? Because I personally believe that, like what I mentioned a while ago, it will only get much worse and worse and worse and worse from there. I'll explain later. I'd like to hear your opinions first on this, uh, Enzo. Um, like the next step, I just hope. Uh, if we're going through through history, like we've seen how previous wars started and how they escalated, and I again, I hope that doesn't happen here. But like, if Ukraine isn't the the stepping stop, I think Russia would be like, I want to conquer more, and this will escalate and. History will repeat itself, basically. And again, hopefully don't go down the road. Hopefully somewhere with some thought or some sense, no, knock sense into every crazy person in the world. And that's the ultimate hope. But to go on history, I hope it doesn't follow World War II. That's all I have to say. Same here. Same here. What about you, Clark? What are your thoughts on that? Um, For me, my thoughts about the... Russian-Ukraine conflict is that uh, there are leaders who want to to have more power. Like the more power you get, the more the more you got everything. Just like what Putin did, he is um, he wants to conquer Ukraine. He wants to conquer Crimea, and and as the protests say that they compare him to Adolf Hitler, who ha- who is known for Conquering lots of lands in Europe, like during World War II, and in the video that I'm making, that which I posted in YouTube, and the pictures I I always uh, use is that when I saw it, it is very very, it's so pitiful indeed. And there is a saying that whoever, and there is a Bible verse saying that. In, let me say in Tagalog. Let me express in Tagalog. Ang sure, sinamang sure. nag, ang sinamang ay ibababa at kung sinamang nagpapakababa ay itataas. So every leader, every world leader, must not to be hungry for power. As if if you want more power, then sooner or somehow you'll be go, you'll be humbled and and that is also relating to of what Putin did. I like how you related Putin to Hitler. 
because like I said, I am an enthusiast of World War II documentaries. I just, you know, just fun fact for everyone, especially to our audience. World War II began with a single initiative of imperialism. And it did not begin with Adolf Hitler. No, it did not begin with Germany. No, it began when Japan invaded China. And I think the idea of one country invading the other starts this initiative, starts this ripple effect, influencing other countries to invade other countries as well. Because right after Japan invaded China, you know what happened? Hitler invaded Poland. And that was when World War II started. So like I said, it all starts with a single act of imperialism. And while the imperialistic mind, I mean the mindset of people conquering just for territory, conquering just for power, has already been eradicated, there are far more advanced reasons in our modern time today which could, you know, which could influence world leaders to invade other countries. These, these could be economic, these could be political reasons, like what's happening right now with Ukraine and Russia. These could be with regard to organizations, treaties, alliances with international um international countries so you know i just hope that history won't repeat itself like what andrew said because things are getting too familiar like i mentioned i watch a lot of world war ii documentaries um and things are indeed getting too familiar things are are getting out of hand and i just hope that you know things would get better because the peace treaty that happened in belarus between uh, ukraine and russia i think that was yesterday failed the attempt to promote peace between the conflict of ukraine and russia failed and right after that right after that negotiation right after that talk between those two nations the civilian population of that town that i was mentioning a while ago was bombed it was bombed right after their talk so i mean just considering all the moves that have all of the actions that have been occurring recently it's just it adds to the anxiety of us it makes our minds uneasy we have we have sleepless nights we're unfocused in fact, most of our subjects right now in school is focused on discussing this issue because this issue is very serious, right, guys? It's very, very, very much serious. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's very scary. It's very dangerous. It's very threatening to our lives as we know it. So, yeah. Uh, you guys want to say anything else? Uh, Clark or Jolo? Because, yeah, I, I, I just couldn't right. agree more. Uh, it, it really is detrimental. It's really threatening to the worldwide population. And the list just goes on at like in terms of 
to what effect and to what extent will this um, continue to affect and bring negative impact to. So like what you guys keep emphasizing, we can just really, really, the least we can do is to hope for the best. And I hope that at the end of the tunnel, it's it, it's going to be something that is worth looking forward to. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, do you guys have anything else to say regarding this conflict? We're good. We're good. Enzo, we're good. Why? Just why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why is it really? even happening? <laughs> That's right. true. That's true. Well, if there's nothing else to be said, Clark, you're good. Yeah, I'm all good. Okay, okay. All right. All right. Well, I, well, before we wrap this up, we just like to thank the two of you guys, Enzo Castillo and Clark Gas, for joining us here tonight. This has been such a wonderful time uh, to talk with you regarding this very timely and relevant issue. Um, and I just want to thank you for spending your time. Spending, I think this has been like an hour already. More than an hour. Two hours. I hope not. Thank you so much for spending your time. I know you guys are busy as well with your school and other your YouTube channels. Uh, yeah, before we end, please market your YouTube channels. Enzo and then Clark to follow. Um, well, there are actually uh, two places you can find me. The first thing Geeks and Degenerate, we talk about movies, TV shows, and all that stuff. Uh, full disclosure, that is a not safe for work uh, channel. If you don't like foul language, I'm sorry, the channel might not be for you. But I can guarantee you'll have a good time. You will make you laugh and we'll keep you entertained. Uh, secondly, I've been playing with a group called Ankantanga. We play Dead by Daylight. Uh, they release uh, videos on our sessions almost every week and if you want to hear me uh scream my head off in fear and be very incoherent and make no sense that's the chance to do it uh so one geeks and journeys me being very coherent and very prim and proper and not safe for work and that's one me just yelling my head off because i don't like horror things but i yet i play them i don't know why but yeah that's where you can find me <laughs> All right. Thank you, Enzo. So that's Geeks and Degenerates in YouTube. And then Clark, your thing. Oh, well, I have four. And then if you want something more religious, um, just search my name, Clark Vincent Gaas, on YouTube, and then you can subscribe. And also, if you are an aviation lover, the Aviation Truly, you can search Aviation Truly with an image of Our Lady of Loreto, my profile picture. Since Our Lady of Loreto is the patroness of all the aviators and aviatrix. And third, if you want more Tokusato and if you're a fan of Super Sentai or Power Rangers, Forever Power is the best in which you can watch the every highlight about uh, from the Sentai shows. And soon I will be including the Power Rangers into my Forever Power channel. And lastly, the only Giorno Clark which is everyday Clark in Italian. However, Clark, not the, with the E on after the K. So the spelling is O-G-N-I-G-I-O-R-N-O. Only journal of Clark. About my vlogs and including there are the 
tasks, all of those are initial, and these are all the tasks I made for the school, which is part of the school task. So make sure to subscribe all of my four channels, and God bless. Thank you, Clark, for that plug. And I'm sure every everyone or everyone who's hearing this are interested to subscribe. But anyway, it's been a very fruitful discourse among the uh, among one, two, three, four, among five of us. I'm sorry. Um, and it's really, really nice to exchange insights and perspectives. And I feel like I really gained a lot of understanding on the subject matter. So, Paolo, Kiel, please, with your with your sentiments. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Jola, that this has been a very fruitful uh, time with the five of us. Um, remaining hopeful is something to be very proud to. But however, the, we should also anchor ourselves towards what the, towards realism of the real world. And as the saying goes, uh, the cornered mat, the cornered rat bites the cat. So yeah, Kiel. Thank you, Paul. And once again, thank you so much to everyone, and thank you. Clark and Enzo and to my two co-hosts Jolo and Paolo so that is it for episode 3 of Sit With Us I hope you can join with us next time and until then sit with us next time thank you guys bye guys bye